Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hello everyone, welcome and Om Shanti to America Meditating Radio in collaboration with The Next Normal. I can't be more excited to interview and have a chit-chat with our special guest for our special Wednesday segment, Ricky Cage, Grammy Award winner. You remember Ricky, don't you? Remember that album that we released called Om Shanti and we played over and over and over again and all of you always say, what is that album? Could you play that again? That's who we're going to be having a chit-chat with today. But guess what? He's moved on to bigger and better things. He doesn't even remember Om Shanti album even existed. He's on to Divine Tides with seven-time Grammy Award winners like Stuart Copeland. But he's taken the time to spend just a few moments with his little sister in good old America. And I am inviting you to pause the dial today and tune into this wonderful conversation that I'm going to have with Grammy Award winner and my sweet brother, Ricky Cage, all the way from Bangalore, India. Ricky, I am so excited to be having you here. Om Shanti, Om Shanti, Om Shanti. Om Shanti, Sister Jenna. So glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I can't wait to get right into it with this album and all the stuff that's going on. I mean, Stuart Copeland, that's big stuff. That's a big deal. But then you're a big guy anyway. So this is nothing new for you, right? (laughs) Not at all. Stuart Copeland is somebody who I've idolized my whole life so so it's just a huge honor and such a dream come true musically and spiritually to actually collaborate with him. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, congratulations for that. Thank you so much. Sometimes when you hear these bios and introductions, I feel they really don't do justice. You know, they try to pump up what we think the world says is the big deal. But do they know about your compassion for the environment? Do they know that the kind of genre of music that you always produce is about wholeness and well-being? not just for human beings to feel better, but for human beings to be triggered to make the planet a more wholesome and healthier place to live? Do they know that you're a wonderful husband? Do they know that you love pets and dogs? Do they know that you like me? No, that should be in the bio. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, but that's actually a good point that you made, you know, that our bios are always filled with stuff that we feel would impress people at large. (laughs) You know, let the world know a little bit about how you got on your journey with music and ending up where you are right now. So I actually was born in North Carolina, in America, and I was raised there till I was eight years old. And growing up in North Carolina, I lived in this really small town called Roanoke Rapids, which is on the border of North Carolina with Virginia. And our home was sort of like in the middle of nowhere. There were a lot of trees around and lots of wooded areas around. And there were a lot of creepy crawly animals that would constantly crawl into our home, like snakes and different types of lizards, reptiles, frogs, and various animals. And so I was always told that you see any of these animals either run away from them or 
step on them and kill them. So at a very young age, I used to constantly ask my parents and I used to ask my teachers that why do we have to kill them? And if they're supposed to be killed at sight, then why do they even exist? Obviously, they have some sort of purpose and I used to just be laughed at. And of course, now I know that every single species on this planet, no matter how seemingly insignificant they may be, is an important part of the ecosystem. And this ecosystem is important for our survival. So that was the environmental side of me. And the music side of me was that my father used to listen to a whole lot of music and he had the largest music collection that I've ever seen in my life, even till date. And he not only had the pop music from that era, like Beatles and Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson and all these uh, different musicians, but he also had a whole lot of world music, music from South Africa, from Vietnam, from different parts of Asia, from Russia, from different parts of Europe, South America. And I would listen to this music day in and day out. And I would try to decipher the different instruments, what kind of cultures they came from. So that was the basis of me actually becoming a musician. Just wired in you. I mean, you just really cared about the environment and nature. You see, for me, if I saw a mosquito, I'm like, get out of here and I would hit it, right? But it's interesting that I think sometimes we are born with a preordained part that we don't even know is coming through us. And right now you have preordained. And let me get this right. A new music album titled Divine Tides in collaboration with the legendary Stuart Copeland, who is a five-time Grammy winner and who rose to prominence as a drummer of the English rock band The Police. The band sold over 75 million albums worldwide. What was it like working with them and what actually brought the two of you together? So, uh, to be honest, I've idolized uh, Stuart Copeland my whole life, not only because he is said to be an In my opinion, too, he's one of the greatest drummers in the history of music. But being a drummer, he's also a Hollywood film score composer. So he's composed music for Oscar-winning movies like Wall Street and movies like Highlander and I'm David and a bunch of other movies. He's worked extensively with Oliver Stone on a bunch of movies. And he also writes for orchestra. He writes for operas. So he's a multifaceted uh, musician and an amazing musician and a really, really humble human being, what I realized after working with him. So I did a collaboration with him in 2016, which was just one song, but I did not get to interact with him directly. I interacted with him through somebody else and I just sent him the music and he added the drums and he sent it back to me. And I won the Grammy in 2015. And after that, I was always looking at doing a follow-up to that album in the same spirit of that album. But because of my intense touring schedule, I could not get to actually recording the album, but I had a few ideas that I'd kept away on my computer and in my head. Then the pandemic happened. And that presented an opportunity for me to actually sit down in the studio and in a very concentrated way, create music from start to completion. And that is when I mastered up the courage to actually ask Stuart all over again that, would you like to collaborate with me on a whole album this time? And he listened to the music, he loved it. And he said that now is an opportunity for me to play on all those ethnic percussion instruments from all over the world that I've been collecting for the last five or six decades because he travels so much and he ends up buying these amazing, beautiful, exotic, percussion instruments, which he plays with, but in his privacy, you know, not on an album. He's never recorded them on an album. So that is why it became like a six or seven month collaboration between both of us, where we spoke to each other every day, sent multiple emails to each other every day, and we wrapped up the album. Walk us through what it was like during all of the multiple emails and communicating on text messages. Like during a pandemic, give me and our listeners and viewers an idea of what it's like when Grammy Award winners during a pandemic, who cannot physically be together, produce a beautiful album that will change the hearts of souls. Like, what was it like in a day when you guys felt like you produced something magical? 
So I've been used to working with people remotely, even before the pandemic, because I collaborate with musicians all over the world. So most of the time I cannot travel to where they are. And it's also not good for the environment to travel that much. So I'm used to doing that. But in this case, since it was Los Angeles and India, when I would sleep, he was awake. And when he would sleep, I was awake. So that was a little difficult to think because it would be a whole day till one of us give each other feedback on what the other person has done. So I started thinking my sleep timings to his and that way things got a little easier for us to work with each other. But the most important thing was about mutual respect, actually, because I'm a very, very young musician in comparison to him with so much of experience doing 50 Hollywood scores and numerous performances with orchestras all over the world. And of course, like, you know, a massive career with the police and having founded that band and selling 75 million copies, as you said. And it was amazing to see how much of respect he had for my thoughts and my ideas. And at the same time, when he would make a suggestion, which I would believe that, oh, this is not going to work at all. It required a lot of effort on my part to actually put my trust in him. And I would do that each and every time. I would put my absolute faith and trust in him that he's got the experience. He knows what he's talking about. And maybe not immediately, but a week later or two weeks later, I would realize that, oh, my God, imagine if he had gone my way. You know, it would have been horrible because what he said was absolutely correct now that I can look at things objectively. And this happened each and every time he made a suggestion. Well, you know, and that was amazing. That's what happens when you work with legends. You know, yes. when you work with legends, they just have it rewired in them, the experience of what's going to work, you know, what's good. And I think what you just shared, Ricky, is really powerful that you had put your trust in him. And one of the virtues in the world that is lacking so much is trust. And the fact that we don't trust one another is a clear indication of us struggling with even our own self-trust. So kudos to you to put trust in that. And how did you all come up with the title, Divine Tides? I personally love the title because it has divine in it. But how did you come up with it? What was the genesis of it? So that is another example of me putting my trust in Stuart Copeland. So I had a completely different name and a different title that I was completely sold on and I felt that this has to be the title. So I created a cover artwork and I showed it to Stuart and Stuart said that, no, the title that we have currently is a little too straightforward. Let's do something which is more in-depth, in tune with the album and for the themes of the album and also sufficiently open for interpretation since it's an instrumental album. So it needs to be open for interpretation simply because there are no lyrics in the album. So the album needs to be visually evocative and at the same time it needs to be thematically evocative. So we had a track on the album called Divine Cast. Okay, it was about the creation of a statue, of a deity statue. So basically the whole music video is about this 2,000-year-old tradition in Tamil Nadu in India where they create statues of deities with the lost wax technique and using sand from a riverbed. So we had filmed this beautiful music video and he loved the title Divine Cast. So I thought that, all right, let's remove that title from the name of the song and make it the album title. But then I realized that there is a problem with that particular title because people may misinterpret it as divine caste, as in the caste system in India. So then I explained this to Stuart and I told him that, oh, this could be a problem because even though the spelling is different of statue, caste, and uh, the caste system, this may be misinterpreted when people are talking about it verbally. And he agreed with me. And then he said, that, all right, let's call it Divine Tides. And I did not like the title. But it took me about a week and it sort of dawned on me that this is such a beautiful title because it talks about the cyclical nature of life and of nature and of the environment and of the situation that we are in right now. And divine is such a huge word that you can pretty much write a book on the meaning of divine. So 
that's the reason why I just fell in love with the title and now I absolutely love it. You change it from cast because it could definitely create a lot of unnecessary conversation. So is there a favorite track on the album that when you listen to it, you find yourself playing that track over and over and over again? You know, there's always one track that you just keep going, oh, I love this. It does something to your spirit. Which one is it? So I agree with you that there is always one song that you end up repeating again and again and become the favorite track. So I do have that, but it keeps changing every week. Every week I've got a different preference. So right now my preference is with the first song on the album and with the music video, it's a song called Himalayas. So it's a song which is inspired by the Himalayas and it's a song that is quite close to me because the main melody in the song is something that basically the first piece of music that I wrote for the album. So the unique launch uh, format that you guys have come up with is that every song in the album will feature an accompanying music video? Correct. So we've got eight music videos and we're going to be releasing the music videos two weeks apart so that each music video has its own space and its own time to be heard and watched. So the energy of the album just builds and everybody gets to receive it one at a time. So where will people be able to hear the album? Because nowadays nobody really buys CDs anymore. So we do have CDs, but a limited number. But at the same time, people will be able to listen to the album on all the regular streaming platforms like Tidal and Spotify and iTunes, Amazon, all those various places. And also the website for the album is called Divine Tides Music. So that particular website will be constantly updated with new releases and new videos and small interview snippets and, and uh, things that Stuart has to say about the album, things that I have to say about the album. So it's going to be quite comprehensive, that particular website. So the word spirituality, each person has a different interpretation of it. Some people think you're kind of living out in the Himalayas with one little cup having your hot water. And then some people think it's just everything that you do is spiritual. And I heard that Stuart was really having some spiritual experiences while he was producing this album with you. Can you share with us maybe what you pulled out of this album? Like there seems to be a spiritual ambiance to it that goes deep into your divinity as a person. So the thing about the word divine itself, I'll address that. The reason why I love the word divine is basically because of a particular quote that Mahatma Gandhi had said. In Hinduism, there is this mantra known as the Isha Vasyam Idam mantra. And Mahatma Gandhi, while he was alive, he had translated this Isha Vasyam Idam mantra into English. And that's the only translation that is available today. And the translation literally says that there is the divine in every single atom of this universe whether that atom goes on to building something that is animate or inanimate. And that I thought was beautiful. And I remember the first time when I heard that translation, I felt that this has to be the basis of pretty much all the music that I do. Because it's such a beautiful thought. And because it's not just about divinity and living in coexistence with all living species, but also that is all life, not just humans, but all life, but also the land we walk on, the air we breathe, and the water we drink, and all the elements of nature. So that is about uh, divinity. And about spirituality, yes, uh, Stuart had told me many times. In fact, once he actually told me that this music is so beautiful that even a crusty soul like me, I'm moved to tears when I listen to this music. And that is something that cannot be explained. When I first listened to Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, Ustad Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan, the Pakistani Sufi singer, I remember I listened to him first when I was in the sixth grade. So I was quite small. I could not understand the various genres and the various styles of music. But I remember listening to this one song of his and I was moved to tears and I could not understand what I was feeling because I was listening to that beautiful divine voice and it wasn't like I was feeling sad. It wasn't like I was feeling happy. There was just an overwhelming feeling that came about on me and I was moved to tears and that is when I decided that I'm going to become a professional musician because I want to have this effect on other people. 
So I believe that Stuart Copeland had a similar feeling, not just with my music, but when he put his music onto my music, the overall collaborative music that came about it, that was what was giving him that emotion. Ricky, your music does have that impact. I remembered when I listened to one of your older albums, I think it was from Sarah, and Marla had told me about that album, and I played it in the morning, and I was like, who's this artist? I'd never heard of him. And I played it, and I played it, and I played it, and I played it. And I think whatever God's plan is for you, the light of God's energy flowing through you, it's definitely being revealed in your music. Is there anything particular that has stood out for you during this particular time that the world has gone through in terms of change? Has there been any deep realizations that you might like say, wow, you know, this is a gift as a result of this pandemic? It's difficult to say, actually, because the pandemic has been hugely impactful in India. It's been quite devastating in India. So it's very difficult to find a silver lining, to be honest. And that's the reason why when I talk to people, I even if I do find a small hint of a silver lining, I don't talk about it much, especially to the press and television interviews and things like that. Because a part of me feels that, you know, I'm being disrespectful to the thousands and thousands of people who have lost dear ones. You know, because a person who's probably lost a dear one does not want to hear that. Again, this is my thoughts. I might be completely wrong and I'm still finding my way to understanding this pandemic. But I feel that, you know, a person who's lost a dear one, like a spouse or a parent or a child, would probably not want to hear stuff like, you know, oh, this pandemic has brought this good thing or that good thing or whatever. People just want solidarity and they want to mourn their loss and they want you also to understand that things have been bad. And again, I'm just speaking my mind out. I probably am not making any sense. But the thing is that, you know, so I'm struggling. No, you're making a lot of sense because what you're communicating to me and to all of us now is that you are still processing what all of this has actually meant. And this is just me now adding to it. Maybe your music, especially this album, will be an album that can give comfort. Yeah. I'm really hoping for that because if I have to go down slightly more uh, thought-provoking way, the thing is that Hollywood movies have always told us in the past that if there is a common threat that befalls our planet, like an alien invasion or something like that, then the whole world will stand together beyond borders and try to combat that threat and all of us will stand together one planet. But unfortunately, by and large, uh, it really pains me to say this, but that hasn't happened in a large way, especially with this pandemic where divides have gotten deeper in many ways and enmities between countries and and the divides between different political thoughts have actually gone wider and more further and further, which is actually quite hurtful because we have to figure out where are we going as a species? Because if we have a common threat, then the most obvious thing is that we have to work together because especially with this virus, where the only way for us to survive this virus is if everybody survives and if everybody is disease-free. So we need to work together and nations need to work together. So I'm hoping that we take baby steps and achieve that path of working together. And if I may add to that, when you look at music itself, like especially orchestral music, I've always believed that, and that's why I'm always going to be a musician, that music can really show the way, even as an example, because if you look at an orchestra, like a symphony orchestra, a symphony orchestra has got violins, which is sort of like a soft instrument. So it's a soft instrument. And then you have cellos, which is slightly louder. Then you've got symphonies, which are super loud. You've got tubas, which can almost cause deafness if you are in the same room with the tuba. You've got the harp, which is really soft. Then you've got bassoons and trombones, which are really loud. Now, a violin is never trying to be a trombone. A timpani is never trying to be a harp. A harp is never trying to be a piano. All of them have got their unique personalities, but when all of them play together, they sound like one, you know? They sound like a single orchestra and a single beautiful unit. And nobody's trying to be each other. Everybody's retaining their personalities, but somehow everything's working together. 
So that is the best example because whenever I look at an orchestra playing, when I'm conducting an orchestra or when I'm recording an orchestra, I feel that, wow, why can't the world be like this, you know, where everybody maintains their own personalities. Nobody's trying to be one another, but somehow, you know, everything's working. Music will definitely add to that vision because, you see, every instrument knows how to stay in their lane. And I think as human beings, we want to get into other people's lanes and it just gets so complex. But that's just the way of the world right now. Look, you are a treasure and, you know, I've had the fortune of working with you too in the past and you're generous by nature, your creativity is out the roof, you're practical, you're grounded. We wish you all the best in this album, Divine Tides, and may it really be a game changer where the whole world will hear it and just say, yeah, I feel like I'm not only harmonized within my own spirit, but I'm now willing to harmonize with others.
thank you for joining us on air today. Thank you so much for having me. Always an honor to catch up with you. Yeah, same here, same here. All right, everyone. I think you've gotten a little bit of a taste of what Divine Tides will offer because you definitely got an idea of the spirit and the energy behind it. You know, a lot of things that I invest in isn't necessarily the product of something, but it was the mindset, the energy of the people behind the product that has really been a very, very big help. So I invite you all to look for it at divinetides.com. And if you've got any questions or thoughts, feel free to drop us a DM and let me know what you're thinking. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And I'm suspecting that we're actually here to love each other the same. So let's do that. Thanks again for joining us. All the very best. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care.